Hello, it's Josh here from HuffPost Australia, and we're here with Novak. Dave Novak from uh, the Sydney Band Polish Club. Dave, thanks for coming in. Hello, thanks for having me. What's been happening, man? What have you been up to lately? What's been going on? Uh, quite a bit. Um, I recently went overseas for a couple of weeks to catch up with some family, and while I was gone, uh, our manager was lining up about a thousand uh, meetings and interviews <laughs> and stuff. So now I'm back and uh, in back the to deep business, end. Yeah, yeah, which is good. We've got a tour starting uh, in a couple of days. So yeah, it's been a pretty pretty busy time, which is, I mean, you know, it's better than being boring. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, like I say, you, your your tour starts, you know, this this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a new record out, you know, yeah. coming out very soon. Um, and I want to get to that, but let's um, let's kind of start off a little bit slow. Um, for people that might not know that much about mm-hmm. cop, about Polish club, let's get through some of the boring sort of introductory questions to start with. Uh, how did the band start? How did you you guys get together in the first place? Um, John and I kind of knew each other fresh out of high school. We just rolled with the same. Uh, group of friends and um he's been in a bunch of bands very much a seasoned veteran in terms of uh little sydney bands and um one day he decided to drum for a high school band of mine and we figured uh maybe too many chefs in the kitchen so we tried our own thing just the two of us and before we knew it we had a handful of songs and before we knew it that was on the radio so it was a very organic easy process Fantastic. And two years later, here we are. There you go. So you've got this really amazing kind of like you know head turning kind of sound. Like there is just the two of you in the band, yeah. but you know, obviously there's yourself on on guitar and vocals, and John's on drums. But it's this sort of really fast like retro rock and roll. There's some obviously some really bluesy, some sort of soul elements in there as well. You got these fast sort of party songs and some sort of slower, more soulful ones. It's not really a sound that we hear from a lot of bands going around today. What kind of drew you guys to to make a band? like this well i think it was like the result of uh constraints you know there's only two of us we kind of figured out that that was the best way to write music together and as a result we had to keep it simple and uh you know we're not amazing musicians compared to maybe some of our contemporaries i'm not gonna rip out a a face melting solo anytime (laughs) soon and you know john's not one to do many uh drum fills so you know, we figured I, I sing best when it's really loud and he has the most fun when he hits it hard. So uh, people seem to have connected with that. But it was never like, a, hey, let's get together and write some sort of, uh, you know, the White Stripes do soul music thing. It just kind of happened. You know, we've tried different things before in various bands, indie pop, whatnot, and mm. a bit more soulful stuff. And it never really worked but we found this uh, kind of retro vibe that we stumbled upon and if it ain't broke we don't fix it you mentioned that it has been a pretty sort of fast you know ride for you guys from from getting together and doing the first couple of songs getting on the radio and getting to where you are now playing like some some big rooms you tour with the preachers recently um were you surprised that people kind of vibed on this kind of sound so so quickly was it like wow people are really digging this or was it like wow this is cool i mean it's not surprising that people like it because I think it's pretty good. I like it. John likes it. It's pretty consumable music. It's inoffensive. It's 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 just fun music to dance to for the most part or cry to, depending on what kind of person <laughs> you are. But um, it is surprising the amount of people it's reached, and I don't think we can really take too much credit for that. We've been super lucky with the people who've wanted to work with us and the kind of, you know, media outlets that have wanted to speak to us and promote our music. So it's, it's equal parts luck and, and, uh, you know, confidence in our abilities. 
Fantastic. And so, so like you mentioned, you haven't been around for very long. So it's been a couple of years, but you know, pretty quickly you got some Triple J and some radio attention. Um, now you're playing Metro, uh, sorry, venues like the Metro in Sydney on your upcoming tour. You're touring with bands like the Preachers and these big, yeah. big halls. Has it felt like a quick sort of rise? Have you kind of had to like take take something and go, wow, like two years ago we were, you know? It does when you sit back, but I mean, day to day, I wake up every day. <laughs> with like 50 messages from our managers <laughs> yeah. and from John. And it's more often than not an argument and every day feels like a week. But I mean, it's only been like not even three years at this point, so I can't complain. Totally. Uh, it's been like, call it what it is, it's been pretty a quick turnaround to get us to where we are now. Um, we've still got stuff to do. We've still got milestones we want to hit, but um, yeah, I can't complain. It's been amazing. So when you are, I guess, a relatively kind of fresh-ish band like like you guys are, like, you know, rising up fast, you're playing big shows, you're getting on festival slots, you're getting on the radio, you're doing interviews, all that sort of stuff, is is it kind of, it's a funny question, but is it kind of daunting when you realize that you're on this ride, that it is kind of happening? Uh, not really. There's no, um, there's no precedent for either of us. Yeah. Um, and there's no expectation for either of us. I don't think anyone who starts a band... No matter how good you are, no matter how shit you are, um, you can't expect any level of success because there's too much luck involved. And whatever good things happen to you, you just have to be pleasantly surprised and, mm. and roll with it and make the most of it. So I don't think either of us really sit back and think, oh, this is, this is much more than we ever thought it would be. Or We just want to do as best as we can in the circumstances, which fortunately thus far have been really good. So, because you've got nothing else really to kind of compare it to in the past, you're like, oh, with that other band, it was like this. Like you say, you know, obviously, totally. you know, you've been in a couple of bands, but nothing on, on this sort of level. Mm -hmm. Is it just sort of just rolling with the punches at this point? It's just kind of realizing that uh, the good things that happen to us are actually a possibility. Like the other day, we were nominated for an ARIA. Yeah. I didn't even know they were announcing nominees <laughs> and that we would have come anywhere near being involved with it. So... It's stuff like that where you wake up and, and check your Twitter feed or whatever and go, oh, right. <laughs> That's right. I'm in a band that people can actually listen to now. So I guess these things are possible. Fantastic. Great. We must be doing all right. So what's, I guess, all that extra stuff? Like, you know, obviously people in bands get into bands because they like being in bands. They like to play music, like to play, you know, hang out with their friends, all that sort of stuff. But to kind of do that as a career, you've got to do all this extra stuff. You've got yeah. to come in here and do an interview with me. You've got to do promo stuff. You've got to look after your social media page, all, all that sort of stuff. Is, is that stuff just kind of part of the job? Is that just sort of part and parcel it's of what not, you have to do? It's not only part of the job. It's probably the biggest part of the job. I mean, like the, the bare minimum is to, to write good music. Mm -hmm. And if you're talented and or lucky enough to have done that, um, the rest of it from there is like 90% social media <laughs> yeah. and like the 5% of this other stuff. And that's fine. I mean, it is what it is, but you just have to be like a dirty, sleazy salesman <laughs> of your own stuff for like most of your day-to-day -day life as a band person, if yeah. that's what you want, if you want to grow it as a thing. And, you know, that goes side by side with, playing as many shows as possible mm. and, and doing all the usual stuff that bands used to have to do, uh, which you still have to do, but because, you know, people don't really pay for music anymore, so there's a whole bunch of 
different stuff that you have to do just to sustain the band. And at the end of the day, I think sustainability is all anyone can ever hope for. Mm. And it's the only goal that's ever been in our minds. It's like we got to we want to be in a band in two years time. Mm. And we've done that. So that's all we'll continue to do. And as long as we're not bored, it'll be fine. I mean, we'll be poor forever <laughs> until I die. <laughs> I'm going to be broke. But that's fine. Like, it is what it is. As long as we can still afford to be a band and do what we do, I could, there's no complaints from me or John. So that's what it's all about at this point for you guys, just sort of setting yourself up that it can be a thing to go on to into be. the future. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. Because the, the moment you... I've heard stories about bands that, you know, say they're on tour in the States or wherever, and they're doing all this amazing stuff. And one of them stops and goes, hang on, what's the point where we make money off of this? When am I going to mm. see some cold hard cash? And that's the point where things start to fall apart. Because it's like, that's not how it works anymore. Mm. And it's not great. It's not an ideal scenario. And I don't think people really realize that, the average person listening to music. But it's something you have to accept as an artist and just keep on keeping on. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're still super lucky to be able to do this mm. as your main thing. So that's only ever going to be the goal for us. Do you think that sort of uh that sort of way of, of thinking about things is that a a uniquely australian band sort of thing like you, know, you look at bands that play in the states so let's say an american band yeah. realistically they could kind of tour america back and forth for most of the year and like never really play the same place twice or within a couple of months with australia you've got five capital cities you can really realistically play and you yeah. can only kind of play them every six months or something like that is that a, a struggle to be an australian band at this point like you know like i said people don't pay for music anymore and it uh Yes, but it's also super surprising the amount of people willing to spend their hard-earned cash to see you multiple times. That's mm. one thing that we've both been super surprised about. I mean, we're touring again now, yeah. not even six months after our last tour, and we're selling just as many, if not more, tickets. So people are still out there willing to spend money and see a band they've just seen before because, you know, they're passionate about it. Mm. I'm not entirely, I, I don't know, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but I'm not entirely confident that that would be the case elsewhere. So there are passionate, super, super mm. passionate music fans in Australia. There are enough of them to sustain it, but you're right, you're going to be going to the same cities because, I mean, as much as we'd like to play shows in cities we've never been to before and regional shows, sometimes it's harder because there's just yeah. simply not as many people there. Having said that, we've got crazy fans in all sorts of, of cities course, I've yeah. never even heard of. So, I mean, there there are people out there, but it, you're right. It's not like if we were to go to America and you hop in a van and every you know 20 minutes there's a new city filled with people who've never heard of mm. you before. Um, it's a very different beast here. So do you think, and this is something that I think has sort of happened, especially in the last couple of years, that people might not be paying for music anymore. You could like Spotify and all these streaming services and you can get stuff for free off YouTube or, you know, illegally, however it means. But people seem to be spending heaps of money on festivals, on gig tickets. Do you feel like you, you guys tour, you know, a yeah. lot? You, you've toured a couple of times this year. Um, do you feel that people are really getting on, you know, getting into this idea of going to see a band as an experience, maybe that wasn't there even a couple of years ago? I mean, I don't, I can't really compare it to like how it was 10 years ago and trying yeah. to sell concert tickets because I wasn't f actually doing that. Sure. But there are definitely people willing to spend as much money as they used to on physical music, on CDs, on mm. whatever. Uh, they'll still spend that money, but they don't have to as much as they used to. So 
naturally they'll be willing to spend, you know, sometimes 400 bucks on a festival ticket. Mm. Um, that's not to say that all of that goes back to the bands, but, course, yeah. you know, sometimes it does if you're a, a, a larger band. But there are also people out there that are willing to drop like 40 bucks on a vinyl or $35 on a t-shirt. Mm. So there are still ways of making money. Um, and there are definitely still people out there willing to, you know, actually support a band. I could name you 10 people off our Facebook page who were there from day one, who have bought every single thing we put out and have literally been the reason this band is still a band. Because yeah. without those people spending, you know, a handful of dollars every time we have something to give, uh, it's just not, it's not something you can carry on doing. Yeah, totally. So let's sort of change tack a little bit and let's talk about the new record. Um, it, it's called Okie Dokie. Yep. Tell us a bit about it. Uh, is it still all these big raucous tracks like the the album? Your, your album's only out, you know, early this year, but mm. tell us about this, this new EP. Well, John and I kind of wrote, I'd say about 50 songs slash ideas before wow. okay. we went into the studio for the album. So Okie Dokie was us realizing that we've got a lot of stuff still left over and we also still really want to keep on writing. So it's like a continual process. It's, mm. it's one of the things that comes easiest to us. Yeah. So we're never going to stop coming up with new ideas. And in fear of getting sick of all this stuff that we've written before but that we appreciate is really good, we just want to release as much as possible. Mm. I'm sure our second album will come out sooner than most people are thinking. Um, but this six-track EP, it was like, there's two songs on there that are from before the album. There's a couple songs on there that are literally like the week before we recorded them. And the other two are somewhere in between. Okay, yeah. um, but they just seem to work together. And um, we don't like to overthink things. We're like, we got this music, we got to release it. It's mm. stupid not to. <laughs> um, and maybe, you know, I, like a lot of people are like, you got to plan this out. You got to spread it out, leave people wanting more. Yeah. But our songs aren't that long. <laughs> Some of them are really stupid. Yeah. And it's just like, let's just put it out there because we've already mentally almost moved on to the next thing. So yeah. we want the audience to keep up. And the more the merrier. I mean, I'm happy with how it sounds, so might as well release it, right? So do you guys like sort of keeping pretty busy in terms of bands? Like I said, you, you've toured a couple of times, like you did the Preachers tour, you did your own tour. Now you've found some time to record this album, put it out, and you're touring again really soon. Do you guys like to keep you know, a, a, a full kind of schedule? We do, sometimes to our detriment. Uh, we've been sick recently, and okay. you know, that happens. But um, it's it's kind of the way of convincing yourself that this is like a full-time thing. And, yeah. like, you know, this is this is what I'm doing now. I mean, John's still got a full-time job. But, okay. I mean, I, I'm sure his employers won't be listening to this. But <laughs> he, he for sure spends most of his time doing bad stuff. Like, there's so much to do. He does all the visual stuff. And, okay. like... I do all the socials, and so we wouldn't be doing that stuff if we didn't want to. Mm. I mean, as much as I say it's a prerequisite, it's so easy to not do that kind of stuff and just kind of, yeah, be in a band, whatever. But uh, we enjoy doing as much as we physically and mentally can and emotionally. So I, I want to, I'll talk the record again in a second, but I want to bring up something that you just talked about then. Like you... You you sort of mentioned that you see the band as your job. Do you, do you see it as a full time job? Like you get up in the morning and go time to put up a Facebook post or time to write a song. Like how do you, how do you kind of do that stuff? Um, well, like I said, I mean the first thing is every time when the case is that you wake up every day 
and there's at least a handful of messages, uh, a laundry list of things to do from your manager <laughs> yeah. and your bandmate. Um, it's hard not to feel a sense of urgency with this stuff. I mean, truth be told, half of the time there isn't a sense of urgency because we're kind of writing it as we go. We're doing what we want to do, yeah. not just music-wise. I mean, like social media, um, everything else, like interviews, promo, whatever. Um it's all of our undoing, but there is this kind of like pressure that we put on ourselves that really makes it feel like I got to get up and do something today. Otherwise, mm. I'm going to feel like I'm wasting this time. Okay. Um, and, I, I, you know, we get a lot of stuff done, just the th three of us. I mean, realistically, it's just the three of us, me, John, and Quincy, one of our managers. Um, and the, we have another manager and his assistant, Charlotte, and Michael, and they push us as well, but like day to day, it's us three just yeah. arguing and coming up with ideas. Like the most exciting thing for our manager is when I suggest that we should make a spreadsheet for our competitions <laughs> or whatever. Like it's, it's kind of sad. It's not rock and roll, but rock and roll has been dead for like 40 years. So whatever it is, what it is. Whatever. So, so back, back onto, back onto the record. Like what do you think? You know, what do you think from what you've learned over the last year of, of releasing the album, of touring hard, of boosting your profile, of doing stacks of interviews? What do you think of that that you've put into Okie Dokie? Do you feel like a more confident or assured or mature band from from the last year? Mature is definitely not the right word, but um, I think we've we've had such varied recording experiences as a result of maybe not having enough cash or not knowing the right people, not knowing the right studios. Yep. Now we know exactly what we need to kind of represent where we are mm. right now, which I'm sure won't be the case when we go to record album two. Things change every day. But it took us a good, like, at least a year and a half to figure out, oh, no, we got to record it in the biggest room possible, just the two of us together at the same time, and then I'll do some overdubs on guitar mm. and, and vocals. We didn't know that day one i mean we had a bunch of recording sessions that we just didn't use well not a bunch but like a couple that we didn't use because we we're like studio's not right the personnel is yeah. not right uh, i we weren't playing together or in the right state of mind so it's very much a trial and error thing yeah uh because we're not like music nerds i <laughs> i hate guitars i hate gear <laughs> I do. I hate it. It's yeah. the worst. I break everything. I'm looking at my guitar case right now, and it's got a broken uh, a a little latch on it. Yeah, yeah. Everything breaks that I touch. <laughs> so to have figured out the most simple way to record mm. where everything works and it kind of represents us, it's it's very uh, relaxing. So I think like these recordings from Okie Doki um, were the easiest ones we did. I mean, we did them in four days. Yeah, wow. Okay. Like, it was super easy, super fun, and they sound twice as big as the album so yeah we've we've definitely like learned as we go so is it pretty important for you guys to to do it in the way that you've done it, to record it in the way that you've done it? like i've read some interviews with you guys in the past saying that you know you you like to you know you obviously you prefer to record stuff in exactly the way that you'd be able to do it on stage so you're not doing a lot of trickery you're not yeah. doing a lot of you know it, it's just literally you two guys in a room bashing away like well i mean John and I are nightmares to deal with on the road. We're a pain in the ass. We we don't hate each other, but we probably hate ourselves. <laughs> so uh, to the thought of adding someone else into that mix live touring is uh, a daunting proposition. Okay. Not to mention uh, an expensive proposition as mm. well. I mean, we run a tight ship. There's only two of us on that plane. Sure. So, um, you know, we don't 
ever want to add, not ever, but right now, our method of thinking when we did Okie Dokie, when we, especially when we did the album, we don't want to add anything extraneous that people would go, hey, where's that you know, extra guitar line mm. that's on that track that they're not doing live? We didn't add anything that people would necessarily mix. That's not to say that we didn't add anything that we don't do live, but like the bare bones of the song, the hooks, the melodies, and all the stuff that people would hopefully you know, latch on to and, and remember, yep. that's all going to be uh, replicated live. Cool. And that's like step one for us. It's like, how do we do this? Just us two. Great. Because no one else can deal with us. So on that point, obviously, you're celebrating the release of this tour that's starting this week. You're starting in uh, in Canberra. You're going through, you know, most of December as well, hitting up capital cities. Um, you've got uh, West Stebbenden coming along and support her, a really so great good. band. Um, what can we expect from this tour? You're playing biggest shows. You're, is there like a new show plan? Is there any kind of, you know, we mentioned there was no tricks, but is there any tricks sort of playing? What do you got? Oh, you got there's heaps of gimmicks, just not musical gimmicks. <laughs> well, I mean, it's called Christmas in December, and that's just not... It's not just in the name. Uh, we're going to make it Christmassy. Okay. I don't want to spoil anything. Sure, yeah. um, we have a big surprise for um, December, uh, which there'll be more news about, okay. which will not only relate to the tour. But um, we'll be playing some Christmas songs. I- I'm trying to sort out some Christmas trees. Okay. Um, and costumes, whatever. We'll we'll have the whole shebang. I'm trying to uh, make sure the supports all get the idea that this okay, is a Christmas yeah. tour. Make sure everyone gets a memo, yeah, okay. A game regarding Christmas. But um no, it'll be it'll be fun. We have some things planned. But again, we always plan the most dumb stuff and, and it's kind of like throw as much shit at the wall and see what sticks. So we'll see how we go, but it's it's a completely new show for us. You gotta get everyone to on the same spreadsheet, get them all, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on that note, look, we'll, we'll wrap up in a minute. But look, on that note, talking about West Debenham, um, what are some other up and coming sort of Aussie bands people should check out? Who, who else are you guys sort of digging at the moment? We basically like when we book a tour, we put our list of ideal tour supports, and it used to be the case because we weren't able to pay people enough, and like it's super hard being mm-hmm. a support, and especially for openers, like it doesn't seem fair. Um, but fortunately now, like the top of our list sometimes usually says yes. So bands like West Ebbeton, we're playing with Press Club in Canberra who are amazing yep. and Pissed Idiots as well. And even Diet, the openers in the rest of the tour are incredible. And we somehow, I, I think our booking agent is like a soothsayer or something because <laughs> she managed to get Stella Donnelly to open for us in Perth. And okay. I'm pretty sure she's buzzing more than we are right now. So yeah. Um, if you want to know who we're listening to, it's usually our supports. Yeah, cool. And even like past supports. I'm all about Maddie J now. And I didn't really super know who she was before she supported us on our last tour. And now she's just killing it. Fantastic. So, yeah, they're all great. Awesome. Well, look, um, the, the tour starts this week in Canberra. You're playing Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth, wrapping up in the middle of December. Tickets are selling fast for all of them. You guys are on Damn fire. straight. So Brisbane sold out. Cool. Who would have thought? What a beautiful city. <laughs> Man, look, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming in. Thanks um, for having me. Thanks for the chat and good luck for the tour. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Yeah. So here now is uh, Novak from Polish Club playing Back to You. Bye. 
could never give enough. I could never give a fuck. We might as well just blow it up. And in time, I will come right back to you. But I was never chosen to. No, I was never chosen to Told you to just back away And I told you leave me be I would be back in a week It's fine I was never far away But I ain't got a thing to say Oh my baby, baby, baby And in time I will come right back to do All the things we used to do Chosen to I told you to just back away And I told you leave me be I will be back In a week I told you to just back away Bye.